bitches. Make that shit clap. That back. bitch got some ass. Hey. I spy seven hoes, hand it down the road, fucking pass it to the bros. That's how that shit go. Kick a bitch to the side, and she don't play a role. Damn, say it, ready, go. Shawty, touch your toes. I spy seven hoes, hand it down the road, fucking pass it to the bros. That's how that shit go. Kick a bitch to the side, and she don't play a role. She a freak with it, busting on her knees with it. Say sex, like text, don't skeet in it. She wanna fuck with me, cause we winning. I wait. The pussy never sleep in it. What do you know what that means? No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. It's nice. It gets gross. the people going. Big Jones, baby. Going crazy. I just met him. Now we finna make a movie. Scorsese. Don't shit face me. I feel like Jay-Z. Niggas wanna hate. On these bitches like my shit that just dropped uh, Pops told me ain't nothing to it but to do it Ever since then I've been the leader of a movement I got 99 problems and your bitch ain't one I'm the sauce to the steak, nigga, I'm A1 If they don't think my shit hot, tell them niggas say son All these niggas really weak, I'ma have to pray for uh, Siding with your bitch like I'm Jake from State Farm They watching all my moves, waiting till I get on uh, Every time I do a show, I get the bag and get done Big Jones swinging for defenses, call me Big Bond uh, my next guest has been making big moves lately. Whether it's getting interviewed by multiple media sources in Seattle, touring, or collabing on projects. I've seen the work he's been putting in, and I decided it was time we meet. His new project, Winners Can't Lose, is dropping tonight. It's my pleasure to introduce Big Jones. Welcome back, everyone. Today I'm with a very special guest, the one and only Big Jones, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> what do? You're my first Seattle artist on the Zoom interview side, but um, you know, I I literally an artist reached out to me and was like, I see that you're doing like other artists like outside of Seattle right now because of the virus, but there's still a lot of artists that in Seattle that are still grinding, trying to put out merch, trying to put out albums. And I was like, that's a good point. You know, like Seattle artists need love during this time. So if, if it's zoom, if that's the way we have to do it, it's the way we have to do it. But I saw that you've been promoting your album for a while and I was like, that album fire, that album art is fire. And then you just put out that like two single EP with Cash, and that shit was fire. So I was like, you know, it's it's time, you know. Hey, appreciate you, bro, for real. So this is actually probably one of the most important questions for the whole entire interview. So it's not like I did research; I just like saw you mention it once or twice. You have, I think, it's a brother or a cousin named Blake, also. So. I want to know, <laughs> is Blake a white name? <laughs> uh, I mean, growing up, I don't think it is just because that's my brother's name, man. My brother ain't white, so I'm just like, when I meet Blake, I'm like, they've all been black, honestly. But <laughs> I don't know. 
I guess it, it's like, shoot, if you carry your well, you carry your well. True, true. Because <laughs> some, some people tell me they're like, when I think of the, the name Blake, I think of a, a white guy on a yacht with a with a polo sweat sweater tied around his neck. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> oh man, I'm dying. That caught me off guard. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing I actually like, I've listened to a few of your interviews, and I actually still don't know. I'm guessing your last name is Jones, but what is the meaning behind your 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 name? So I started off rapping. When I was like 12 years old, started off as uh, I, I went by the Prince, oh, yeah. and then I went by and then I went by Kid Jones. Or no, 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 my bad. I went by DJ Louis. Hey, my, my name is Byron Jones. Gotcha. My middle name is Louis. So I just went by BJ Louis back in the day, like 12, 13, 14. Went by the Prince, and then I went by Kid Jones, and then I was about to have my first daughter. So then I was like, I can't have a kid. And then be called Kid Jones. Took the kid off. <laughs> and then I went by Jones. And then I was like, that looks kind of bland there. So then I was like, everybody does like the little thing, like little this, little that. I'm like, I'm 6'4". So I was like, oh, I'm going to go by Big Jones. Dude, I'm like 5'7". My mom's only 4'11". So I'm fucking tiny. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can fit with little, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it. You can do it. But I do like how you stylize your name. And then when we were talking about Almar yesterday, and you were saying all caps, and like, so I, I research, like, I do a fuck ton of research on every single guest, no matter how big or small they are. So I look up your name on streaming services to see if anyone else has your name or anything like that. But the thing that you do that is smart is you capitalize and you have the dollar sign for the S. Is Correct. That all purp- that's all purposeful. Yeah, I do that just so that, just like you said, like when you search up Big Jones all caps dollar sign. Even with the lower count dollar sign, like, I'm the only one popping up. Yeah. A lot of people have, like, the same last name. I know I have, like, a hella common last name. So I'm like, I know I ain't the only one, but it's unique the way I, I, I spell it and shit. And then, you know, the music just goes with it. For sure, dude. And your music is fire, dude. And I actually, like, I'm telling you, when I, when I do, research my guests, I listen from their first song all the way to their final song, music videos. And one thing, and when you guys put out the No Love music video... I commented yeah. on um Cash's page and I was like, "What the heck is that, Chris Tucker?" Because you're like, "Oh, that was you! I'm dying." Because, dude, that's one of my favorite things that you do in music videos. You don't do it that often. I think you should do it more because it's it's something that stands out in your music videos. Is that you'll like you'll do like a fourth wall break or you'll just break up the interview, break up the the music video or start the music video with like the the bentley coop music video you're like oh shit my car's not starting then you start the song or with no love yeah. you just break it up and you're like cut cut i'm like oh shit like i see that <laughs> yeah thank you bro i definitely want to keep doing that more i think that just it gives me a chance to show like another another lane that i have like i have like personality so bringing that on like the camera and put it to use like it helps sometimes with the music video and just the interactions and like for sure. Relatability. And I, I saw that you um collabed with Dave B. How did that come about? Yeah, that was, uh I think that was about 2017. We did um, a song called Moment. Um, I just reached out to his management. Uh, I know his management through people I know. So it was just cool. I could reach out to them, ask if, uh, how much the feature was from Dave B. Send him the song. It was something like that. And he sent a verse back. 
and the song turned out good. So that was a cool thing to have early in my uh, music journey. So, how do you think Dave B falls on to like the Seattle music timeline? Because when it comes to like artists that are like real lyricists and focus on lyrics, like one of the first people to say in Seattle that's made it is Dave B. But then others who are like more melodic will be like Band Kid J or Little Mosey. Where do you think he falls on that spectrum? I think everybody just has their own lane and has their own level because everybody sounds different. Um, everybody has their own sound. So when it comes to like falling on like the spectrum or like on like the le- like the I don't know, like the level of thing, I don't think there's any of that. It's just everybody has their own sound and they're the best at it. Mm-hmm. So Dave B has his sound and he has his flows and his music is hot. He's doing shows cross country overseas like he's doing his thing so he's definitely high up on the ladder Mm -hmm. and the one thing we're definitely going to talk about during this interview is like definitely your new album man like i i listened to it front and back um i'm gonna i don't really do album reviews yet because i feel like that's something that like the indian kid does when he like when he like brings out like his new shoes or like laptop like hey guys i want to unbox this album or unbox these shoes i'm not that type (laughs) of guy in any sense but one thing that i am going to do like for the promotion for you is i'm going to like say my top three songs for the album because dude front and back the album was fire and like i think you kept it a good a good length also you know some people like um some people will be throwing 20 songs on an album and those are like artists in the industry i'm like shit i like you eminem or i like you whoever but shit 20 songs Mm-hmm. How'd you keep, what made you decide the length of your album? I just, uh, earlier in my music journey, when I started releasing projects, first project I released back in 2013. So back then I used to do like between 13 to 16 tracks on projects, like my first four probably. Uh, and it was good. Like, you know, people heard them and all that. But then like, as I just started being more aware of, how everything moves and you realize attention spans you're like and just know how i am mm-hmm. i always i always make music as if i was the listener and like the viewer as well you know so i know me if i'm clicking on a project and it got 17 16 songs i'm skipping at least a few of those yeah unless i really heavily fuck with the artist but i know everybody who listens to my shit they might not be their 30th time hearing me. They, they might not already heavily fuck with me. It might be their first. So I want to give you a nice little, every project is like a tryout for me. Like mm-hmm. whoever hears that, this is my, this. I hope this project gets you hooked. Because sure. I put a lot of work into it, a lot of time, all that. So then a certain time came where I was like 10 tracks, like 10 or less is probably what I'll do. Maybe sometimes I'll do 11, but I'm just like, I'll keep it short. And I'll make the songs the best possible so that it's not just short. And like, you're like, where's more? It's, it's short. It's short. It's regular length, and you're just like, I feel full after that. It's 29 minutes. Mm-hmm. I think Kanye, what he did, the, I think it was like a few years ago, maybe three now, maybe sooner than that. But when he when when he did that album rollout for all his um, members on his label, like Tiana Taylor, um, Nas, him, Kid C, Ghost, those were all seven songs. That was kind of cool, though. Yeah, that was cool. I like that. But I think another thing that I like, some artists don't aren't good at like taking criticism or they kind of get stuck in like one space. I think you do a good job of like actually definitely showing progressing in your music. The production on this last album compared to your first album has definitely changed. And the thing that, the thing that I like about albums is like albums that have like meaning behind it is that sometimes it doesn't even have to be the lyrics that have the meaning behind it. It's like the beat. 
You know, like some like Little Wayne's newest album, The Funeral. All his all of his um sometimes he was talking about the funeral during the album, sometimes it was just the beats that were like scary almost, you know? And like yeah. with you, you had like they're like bass and it was like like boom boom for every song, like a championship. It was like a championship album. Like I really felt that listening to every single song. Hey. That yeah, that's good because that's my goal with it. Like usually when I make projects, I'm not gonna lie, like I just make a whole bunch of in my head that what is hot music and I put it on a project. And, like it's not really like storyline or like theme oriented, but I make a cool title that I feel like, you know, good about and, like I have a reason for naming it when I name it, but the songs per se don't match up with the title because mm-hmm. that, that wasn't my goal. This is the first time I've ever, well, Can't Quit, I did it. Uh, this is my 10th project, but my ninth one, Can't Quit, I did it kind of like that. Like those songs were kind of on the theme mm-hmm. level. But with Winners Can't Lose, the, the title was so heavy, I really had to make sure that I'm, I made it clear like what I'm trying to get through. And like you said, you felt like every song was on some championship vibe. Yes. I, I threw in the nice mellow track on the I Just Wanna track with Alex K, um, just to like, you know, balance it out a little bit. I know some real hip hop heads want to hear certain beats, like a little bit of different sounds. So I, and I'm a hip hop head, I'm a rap head, R&B, trap, I, I, I listen to everything. So mm-hmm. I want to make sure all my listeners get their little taste and get their little niche. Yeah, makes sense. And you still not you're not just you're not like um selling yourself with that either though you know like you make it fit you still. How did yeah. you how did you choose the um the guests for your, your album? Like you had some fire guests. They all fit perfectly. Man, uh, thank you. Um, really, uh, two of my features were are are my cousins, um, A Malo and G. Those are my blood cousins. Uh, we've done we've been doing music, so I had a good feeling about this project. And I was like, no, I'd rather have on it than my like my my actual family, you know. So made that move, had them on it, and like you said, everybody fit perfect. So I had those beats, and I knew that they would fit perfect. I knew their sound. They gassed their features. Uh, my guy Bobby Brooks is one of my good friends. Uh, he's doing a lot of things out here, music wise and business wise. And we have a song. We have a couple songs actually uh, that we released before, but. It's been some time, so it was something that that song, uh, track track three, I believe it is, uh, I'm Black. He's on yeah. that one. And yeah, yeah, he's on that one. And he gassed that. So, like, I just have an ear for for who would sound good on shit. Like, uh, I just want a track. Alex Cade has a whole bunch of music out. He's filthy. Uh, he's from Detroit, but he lives out here in Seattle now. Wow. And he just had, like, such a pure sound. I heard that just before he was even in the booth. First time I met him was when we recorded the project. Hmm. Um, but I heard that beat and I just like knew okay I want you on this like bang got that moving he was with it um, and then my guy Noah we are both managed by the same manager so that's how I that's how I met him and knew him but we become friends and like built a relationship so I hit him up for the track nine tell him and he came and gassed that like usual so really that's how I came about just real organic and just uh, I have an ear for beats and I have an ear for who would sound good with shit so like that's why it sounded so well the way we all just messed on those songs. Yes, for sure. The first time I actually um, heard any of your music, it was actually kind of recently, but um, when you did the, uh, the I think it was the box freestyle with your daughter in your hand. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. When you ended with that big Sean line, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> that was shit was fire. Thank you. 
So how do you how do you go about making music now that you have a family? You know, like are you like worried about how your daughter, if she grows up listening to your music, how she'll feel about it or anything like that? Or no, uh, honestly, um, I mean, like I play my music now, and my daughter, she's uh, my oldest daughter, will be two in May, um, and she listens to the songs and like she knows all the melodies like she literally knows every hook off of uh winners can't lose like she knows the ad libs and like she she don't be saying the cuss words and like if she do like you know because she's a kid so she'll say it but like you know we teach her like yeah that's a no no she don't be saying them like that but uh, the music i make like you know that's the music i make and at the end of the day what i'm doing is to provide for my family so uh my lady like she knows what the mission is like my daughters when they're growing up they're gonna know what it is like my family's behind me so Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, like I'm just making the best music I can make. For sure. How do you go yeah. about promoting yourself? Um, really, it's just the you know, as an independent artist, you gotta do everything on your own. Um, so I just make sure I'm always in people's faces, not even on like an annoying tip, but like you'll always see me with a story up, or you'll always see me on the storyline on IG. Like I always got something up, even if it's not about me or music. Like I'm just a, I'm just a real cat, so like I'm a sports head. I post shit about sports uh, or just like like stuff going on like in like the culture, you know. Yeah. I'm just like I'm low key like the little news. Like if you follow me, you got the little news and you get the and you get the music. So I'm like you know I'm the best of both worlds with it. Yeah. But music wise, like promoting, like I just stay creating. Um, I make music that's timeless, so I can always promote it no matter if I dropped it a year ago, two years ago. Like won't miss. I promote that to this day, and it still gets a lot of love and a lot of traction whenever I post it. Like that's one of my favorite songs, mm-hmm. and uh, shit like that. I just make sure I make good music so I can always have some. For sure, with your "No Love" song, your guys' music video. Oh my god, I love that. Like he uh, and Cash had like the basketball kind of scene, and then you had the baseball scene. Uh, yeah, that was fire. <laughs> yeah, that shit was dope. Is baseball your favorite sport then, or <laughs> my, my 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 favorite sport is. My favorite sport to play because I played it the most was is basketball. Because you're tall. Favorite man. sport to favorite sport to watch is uh football, because I grew up in a football family. Like my dad, brothers, uncles, like everybody played football. It was filthy, so it's just like you know I grew up around that. So uh, I love football and I love watching basketball too, and I love baseball. I love sports. But, yes. Um, Did you I'm hear- a real diehard Mariner fan and shit. Did you hear what happened to like the was it the second string quarterback for the Seahawks? Did you hear what happened? Yeah. Dang. Hella crazy. That's why you got to stay home. <laughs> Man, crazy. I was like, I really remember Tavares because, like, he was around before us. So he was the one we were hoping, like, you know, guide us to the promised land, you know? Yeah. He was a solid backup. And all the stories about him, like, the players have, like, you know, it's all the same, like, good dudes. So I was just sad he had to leave so early, man. Yeah. And he had kids. Yeah, how are you, how are you managing the coronavirus? Because you do have kids. Like, what are precautions are you taking? Anything like that? Man, I mean, honestly, like, I mean, first off, you know, I'm praying for everybody going through something dealing with that, uh, with the with the COVID and the Corona. Uh, it's crazy times we're living in right now. Some people aren't built for this. Not even on like, to, like not not even to talk down saying they're not built for it. But some people just aren't built for being isolated like this for mm-hmm. such long periods of time. So. Uh, it's really testing a lot of people. But for me, I'm an introvert slash extrovert. So this is how I lived before. You know, restaurants are closed and shit, but they do a delivery. All I do is order food. Yes. Um, 
I'll be chilling at the house, creating and writing, chilling with my fam. Like, we go on walks still. Uh, we still get outside and shit. So, like, low-key, like, I'm a big homebody. So, this isn't really, like, you know, shifting nothing. But yeah. uh, it's giving me just more time to just create and come up. I've come up with a lot more just, like, business plans, uh, merch ideas. I've invested into things I wasn't even thinking about doing before. So, like, it's giving me time, really, to just create and build more on what I'm doing. For sure. Are you worried about... Like, will your um, mind change at all if they decide to push back the the quarantine till June? Like, were there any, are there any further steps you're going to take if that happens? I mean, nah. Like I said, man, like, I'm really not. If they push it back till June, they yeah. push it back till June. Like, it's cool. I'm yeah. not I'm not even tripping. Like, I understand they're trying to they're trying to keep us safe. That's why we're quarantining, period. So, yeah. the end goal is good. So, I'm with it no matter how long. And you said you're you're continuing to write and stuff like that, right? You said. Yeah, right. I just I just went to the studio yesterday. I consider that essential work because people yeah. pay you for features. You know, you still gotta go record and send them features. Like, hmm. so I was in the studio, you know, masked up and still recording. I'm still creating. Gotta keep moving. What do you think about all those uh, coronavirus anthems? Man, it, it was dope. My uh, my favorite ones was Paris Alexa did one, oh, shit. and and my guy Keyshawn did one. Keyshawn's was hella dope. Like he released a full track to it, and it was filthy. Like I had I slapped that shit like thirty times. I was like, this is hella catchy. Like, and it was about coronavirus, you know. <laughs> so, uh, hella people dropped them shits. I, I heard a lot of them, man. But like you know, you can only hear so many of like the same type of song. But it was dope, man. For sure, and like you said, you're like ten albums in, and you have a manager, and you're you're to the level where like you're paying for features and everything like that. How'd you get to those levels? You know, like some artists are like, oh, here's still check out here's my SoundCloud page, or I'm not I'm an independent, and independent mean I don't even have a manager yet. Like, how'd you get to that level where you have all these resources? And honestly, just um, I know it sounds cliche, but like right place, right time, like. Um, and it's also not even right place, right time, but just timing of everything you do. So I started off when I was 12 until I was like 16. I, I was getting like, you know, people commenting on the stuff like we trash, like literally like that was mm-hmm. back when people would just be hella like raw in the comments. And like, yeah. it wasn't all like, I'm gonna show love. It wasn't no fake love back things. People would just tell you like <laughs> trash. And people was like, we done it done. Like through all that, like, I know that like, I know what my purpose was and I know that like, I could grow on it and I could get better. So I just kept at it, kept going. Um, got to like 16, 17. I really started to be like, okay, I'm done with sports. Cause I played sports up to like 17, uh, junior year. I quit sports and I was like, I'm about to just focus on like writing music, trying to develop something and see what I can make and see what I can make out of, uh, out of the music. And uh, when that started, I really honed in on it. Um, and then management came, like I said, right place, right time. I did a show at Studio 7, and he had an artist there. This is my first manager. I have a second manager right now. Like, the manager I have right now is my car, of Got course. It. But this is my first manager. I met him at this show. He liked my set. Um, from there, we made a lot of moves, and that's how I got connected with a lot of things. And I toured, and I traveled the country with him. We did a lot of things. Uh, and that was my first time getting that exposure of, like, having a manager, all that. Uh, that was a good experience. And then recently, my manager, Logan, uh, has been managing me about the last two years. 
And um, we've had we we've had a big focus on what we want to do, and we've been achieving those goals lately. So uh, it just comes with just meeting the right people and making sure that people are in it for the right reasons, also that are working with you and uh, just want to see you win. Got it. One thing that um a lot of my artist friends have been dealing with is that they're like, yeah, like they're take they're they're about to take it to the next level, you know. But then they're starting to have, and this is not even just one artist, this is a few that like, are like, I just realized that my artist has been like my best friend for a long time. And we're starting to have friendship versus business like problems. How do you figure out how, because like, you know, like your first manager is, is like, <laughs> is sometimes like your first car, you know, <laughs> like you get really excited, <laughs> you use it as much as you can, but then it's sometimes it's time to upgrade, even though that sounds awful, but. Man. I mean, honestly, like with my first manager, like we're cool to this day. Like that's that's my dog still, and I think it be, like it was just one of those things where it was just like timing everything. Like I said, timing, man. So like, not even it wasn't any bad blood uh, with the split. It was just more so, like you just said, like we became hella good friends, mm-hmm. and then like I feel like you know, just you can't miss business uh, with pleasure all the time. Like sure. but other than like but it wasn't like nothing bad happened. Like it was just time like people do our own things and like he had that vision for it. He wanted to go out of vision for I wanted to go and we both did our thing and we're we're still cool to this day. So I don't know. It's really just about uh your relationship with your manager. Some people only see their manager on business tip or like, you know, only contact them about business. But like even my manager right now, like we're cool. That's my guy, that's my that's my bro. But uh, we still get stuff done. We still make moves. So that's how it works. Right. Has your mindset changed at all since you had a daughter and all that? Because like you said, your, man- your new manager is like two years now. And you said your oldest daughter is two. So has your mindset on how you're conducting business changed since having a family? Uh, I mean, I've always taken my stuff serious even before my daughters came. So honestly, I'm just, I'm just still doing what I've been doing Um of course, just leveling up every time I do something to make sure that the result is bigger. But, um, you know, my kids just add drive to what I'm doing. But other than that, I'm still still me. Yeah. That's the craziest thing, too, though. Like, honestly, like, no matter how big or small you are, like, the best advice is just, like, continue to grind and be passionate. Like, sometimes people hate to hear that. But I kind of I think that, like, the universe gives you things if you're really grinding and working at it. Sometimes it takes people longer than others, but it's it's definitely a grind no matter who you are. Like even if you're even if you were born with all the tools, like like DJ Cali's son in a sense, you know. Yeah. That, that doesn't mean when he's twenty five, thirty, he's still going to be relevant, you know. Exactly. But it it all comes with time, and I think one thing that, and this is weird too, and like my mindset changes on everything once I like, because I'm always open to like new perspectives and things. And like one thing that it's not like I'm purposely staying away from it, but what I notice is like the lunch table will have certain guests, hip hop Seattle will have certain guests, and then I'll have certain guests. And then sometimes I chop chop it up to, well, there's thousands of artists in Seattle, but then sometimes I'm like, wait, that guy was just on the lunch table and then he's on the hip hop Seattle, but it doesn't mean that they're being greedy in a sense or anything like that. It's just that they're putting in that work. And that's what I've noticed with you, and that's like crazy, man. Like you, I don't, I don't, I honestly can't tell how big or small I am right now. I just know that I'm working hard, but like 
now you've got like you've got three freaking interviews in the hip hop scene under your belt now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, that was one of the things I wanted to put a lot of work into, just like because growing up until this day, I watch interviews like 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 I watch TV, like mm. interviews. I um, I watch all the Breakfast Club interviews, um, Drink Champs. Like any podcast that has interviews really like hip hop related, I watch those just to learn how to like not even conduct yourself during the interview, but just like how interviews go and like how these people deal with certain questions and stuff. Like anything you do, you got to study it and like treat it like it's a sport. Like you got to perfect your craft. You got to really, really put in the work. And some of that work is like watching film. And that's for me, like watching interviews, stuff like that, performances. So uh, there came a point where I was like, I want to get some interviews under my belt so I could watch my shit on YouTube and like <laughs> really just get my name out there and have people from different platforms and different audiences like tap into what I'm doing and also just get to meet, you know, like I, g- good people that host the the platforms that I'm on. Like I just met you and like through through Kaj and you know I can already tell you're good people. Uh, my guy Henry over there, Hip Hop Seattle, High Def, like he's good people. We got mm-hmm. some work in now. And uh, my guy Cash, Mitch, and uh, Fees over there at lunch table. Those are my guys now, and Itch over there. So uh, everywhere I go, I just build connections. Uh, real recognized, real good people are good people. So it's all good. For sure. What I what I like to joke about or like imagine is that I'll be I'll be the I want to be the Joe Rogan for Seattle, and then Hip Hop Seattle and um, and um, the lunch table can fight over who's the Breakfast Club and uh, uh, Sway in the morning. You know. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> You can definitely be that. You can definitely do it. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that. <laughs> yeah, that, that battle over breakfast club will be vicious. All of who gonna get that one? <laughs> I'm telling you, it's, it's a grind for everyone. Whether you're in a podcast and whether you're an actor, artist, anything like you, this is like I'll admit it. Sometimes I've been like just lacking and just hanging around all day, staring up at the ceiling, like, uh, what can I be doing during this quarantine? But like. You you gotta work. This is, it's not. This is not really a vacation right now. You know. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But if if you come out of this quarantine with nothing done, then it's like, man, come on. You had all that time. Mm. <laughs> exactly. It is rare people have this much time. So, people have the time now. There's no excuses for nothing. For sure. Unless you're an essential worker and you're actually at work right now and shit. But. Yeah, dude. That like. That's crazy to think. Like, I, they're still getting paid, which is important, but that's it's risky. I feel at the same time. But no, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, my girl work is an essential worker, but uh, she's able to work from home, luckily. So mm. that's the cool thing about that. But yeah, like people that have to go in and shit, and still be around people. Like, man, prayers up because it's not the time to be doing all that shit. For sure. But like you were saying about interviews, like that's a big thing too. Like, I think it's important for artists to see how other artists act during interviews. Like, um, I made sure that I listened to all your albums, listened to both your interviews for my next guest because they're like, they're a full group, you know? So I had to listen to the group interviews. I had to listen to separate interviews. So yesterday, literally I spent eight hours listening to freaking interviews. Yeah. And the thing is, you don't, the thing is you don't, especially when you're like a interviewer, you don't want to beat a dead horse when it comes to questions, you know? Cause like sometimes I'll be like why is this guy asking what the meaning behind this guy's name is or how he got his start when this guy like CeeLo Green or like Jay-Z or Drake or anyone, how'd you get your start? Bro, they've been relevant for like 
10 to 20 years you don't you don't ask those type of questions anymore yeah i hear you so how did you come up with the title of your name and everything like that for your new album winners can't lose right yeah winners can't lose uh, i called it that really because it's a mentality and uh, a lot of people are going to hear that and be like man everybody people are going to hear that and be like you know everybody loses uh everybody catches an l but to that like that's why I named my title that before, because if you're a winner, you know, and you know you're a winner, and here you know you're a winner, and here you know you're a winner, like, yes. you can't lose. Like, you cannot lose, because if you're a winner, you're a winner. You're not a loser. So that's why I named it that, uh, hoping to get that point across. Like, you got to carry yourself like a winner. Don't look at, quote, unquote, losses like losses. Just look at it like an obstacle, and you might have, uh, the obstacle might have hit you back a little bit, but you're going to end up winner because you're going to get past the obstacle, even though it knocked you back. For nobody sure. stays nobody stays back when they get knocked. You got to keep going. So mm -hmm. winners can't lose. You got to let everybody know. One of the songs um, by Tech Nine, it was like one of, one of his, maybe two albums ago, he like started the song by saying, winners aren't people that fail. They're people that don't quit. You know, like everyone fails sometimes, whether it's big or small, but it's how you get up continue but exactly that's so real shit how do you choose your album art because your last two album art you said the last one was can't quit what was the name of your last album again can't quit okay can't quit yeah how did you like those are your album album art for this one and the last one are kind of similar in a sense like the artistic yeah uh, yeah the last one i had uh my guy obby he did he did that cover art um he does a lot of like photography and shit, but he also does like cover arts on the side. And he's real nice with the art. Um, I, I, I hear what you're saying when you say that the cover arts are similar. Like they're, they're just real art. It's real art. So yeah, it's not just like a digital picture or nothing like that. So uh, that's how I, that one came about. Um, and then for this one, I hit up my guy Austin Harley and he uh, sketched out the, the whole rough for what I wanted the cover to be, because I was telling him like how I wanted it to look, uh, this, that, and the other, and he just went above and beyond and really brought it to life, and it lo it looked hella real. Like I, I love the cover art for this project; it might be yes. my favorite cover art I've ever done. Like and like, it just really represents the project well. Like one thing I do with cover arts before I drop the project, I'll listen to the whole project while looking at the cover art to make sure that it, it it's dope and meshes up with it. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah, like album arts are like half the battle, honestly. Like if you have great music with a terrible album art that you made on freaking Snapchat, the only one who can get away with that is freaking Kanye with his Ye album. But even that had like some negative feedback on it. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, dude, you're, you're definitely on the right track. You're definitely making big moves. What, what were your goals for this album? Uh, my goals for this album is to just share my versatility and make it clear uh, that I have what it takes to be mentioned up there with people that are right now killing it in like the mainstream world and like the big world uh, in the music, in the music scene, just showing like, you know, I'm, I'm really, I'm really a talent that's uh, going to come up and make some noise. For sure. Are you someone that likes being independent you have a manager and everything you're making moves that way or, or are you looking, it's like a goal of yours to be signed to a record label or? Uh, really, it's just uh, if the right opportunity presents itself, I'm always 
down to listen uh, when it comes to labels and major routes. But as far as being independent, uh, it's really just about figuring out ways to invest into what you're doing to make more money back. And you get to keep more when you're independent. And uh, my favorite rapper, rest in peace, Nipsey Hussle. That's who I grew up looking at as a business model on how he ran his shit. And he really made a whole bunch of money back in the long run. He put in all that work to make it happen. So that's really what um, the independent grind is like. I've been in it, like I said, like 12 years. So a lot of work has been put in and now the, the revenue starting to come back. So being independent isn't all bad. Uh, I'll be very open to partner with something or have some uh, investors and they get percentages back, thing like that. But I just want to make sure that I contain um, a lot of the ownership because really control my, my moves and shit. For sure. What's the importance of, because you are a local artist, but I've actually interviewed some artists that are focused on just themselves, which is not a bad thing. Like everyone has a different way of looking about it when they're promoting themselves. But what's the importance for you to of supporting the Seattle music scene? Because like you are, inter- you are working with, you've been on all these, you know, media outlets. You've been working with a lot of local artists. Yeah, I mean, uh, my real goal uh, is to just, you know, if I kick a door down and I can bring you through the door, I'm going to get you through the door. Like, I want to always keep that uh, reachable and connect connectable, like, way of living. Because even now, I make sure I respond to every comment on things because like you're never too big or you're never, like, too good to just hit people back, you know, or, like, respond to shit. And I know people that, like, are just, like, you know, regular but they like for some reason feel the need like to act Hollywood, you know? And people a lot of time that's how they kill opportunity in the long run. That's how they burn a bridge. So I just make sure um I'm always talking to artists around. I'm always telling people when they're doing dope shit. Cause you can always tell another artist when they're doing dope shit. Like you don't gotta like not tell them, but you just think it. Like tell artists, like I just push people to just like break out of that, like close boundary and just really just support their peers and I support my peers so mm-hmm. my goal for it as far as uh the music scene like you were asking is just when I get on or when I make it to a certain spot I want to bring bring everybody with me for sure well what is some advice that you have for all these up-and-coming Seattle artists creators influencers uh advice just keep going and don't quit uh no matter what you're doing what sound you have how many fans, how many likes you have, no matter all of that, just keep going. Um, don't, don't, don't give in to the feedback, good or bad. Don't, don't have reactions like that. Just treat everything like the same and keep working on you. Keep having the best product that you can make and keep faith. For sure. Are there any um, music videos or anything, any merch that people should be looking forward to when it comes to your new album? Yeah, I'll be dropping some uh, Winners Can't Lose merch within the next uh, month, month and a half. Um, that'll be coming soon. Working on that right now, getting it all shipped up, getting it all printed up, lined up. It's uh, my first line of merch ever, so hey. it's going to be something special and hoping everybody rocks with it. Um, other than that, music videos. I'm shooting a video next Saturday for a song off the track, uh, and it's going to be for three seconds. So that's going to be that video. I got Kit Kat video coming soon and uh, Rock Like This music video coming soon. Mm. We had to push those back because uh, those have people in them and extras and shit. So, mm. you know, with, with what's going on now, we can't do those right now. But 
the video I'm shooting next Saturday, that's just like me and I might have like one bro in it, but it's gonna be it's gonna be a cool video. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So is Instagram the easiest way to reach you or, or what are the most easiest ways to reach you? Uh Instagram, Twitter, uh at Big Jones Baby, three Ys. And uh yeah, that's my shit. Like uh all the social medias and then uh all music platforms just B I G J O N E dollar sign and all my music pops up. Sure. And uh, yeah, I got a lot of music on those music platforms, but yeah, all my old shit is on that piff under my old rap name, uh, Kid Jones. That literally has like every project up to a certain point, but yeah, that's like my old shit. Got it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, it's been exciting to talk to you, man. Like, <clears throat> Cash, when, after I did the interview with Cash, and that's another thing I want to talk about before we finish up, though. Cash, dude, like, we both have made like a dope connection with him. So, did you. Did you know him before the you guys did the lunch table interview, or how did that all start? So I just heard of lunch table because uh, Fees was on there. Uh, I knew him prior, so I saw him having the podcast, and then I saw that Kaj was the host or like one of the hosts on it, you know. So I reached out uh, about getting an interview. I'm real, just like hands on. So I just reach out to people and like you know if they don't respond, they don't respond. If they do, then cool. That was the goal. Um, so I reached out about the interview. And they hit me back uh, very quickly. Like, Cash was the one talking to me, I'm pretty sure. I was talking to the uh, to the page on Instagram. Um, linked up and then just had hella good energy, you know? And, like, the interview was hella dope. That was one of my favorite interviews I've done. Like, hella dope energy, uh, hella good questions and shit. Ended up smoking and chopping it up outside. And then that led to uh, me coming through his crib. He had an in-home studio. And played me a couple of beats for songs he had with open verses on them, and then that's what made the the Emerald Playbook. Yeah, dude, that's fire. You guys have great energy together, man. I'm telling you. Hell yeah, thank you, bro. Yes. So, what are some final words that you have for Seattle before we wrap up? Man, stay safe, social distance, order your food, pick it up. Uh, go to the grocery store, go to the weed store. Those are the only three things you should be leaving the house for. Other than that, stay in the crib, slap winners can't lose, drop in tonight, 9 o'clock. It's going to be out on every platform. Make sure you go get that. For sure. And we'll we'll drop this interview probably. Let's see what time it is. Let's do 5 o'clock. Does that sound good? Sounds good. Dope. Well, this is the NAS Podcast with Big Jones. There we go, baby. Cool. Thanks, man. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. Yeah, see ya. All right.